an album a day is my exploration into the Korean music scene. This podcast will cover mainstream, indie, and some underground artists within the scene and provide both factual and opinionated commentary. The biggest benefit to sharing my thoughts this way is that it will hopefully expose you to more great music and exploration of your own. Happy New Year, listeners. 2021 is here, and if you're on the show's newsletter email list, then you know I was so over 2020 that I mistakenly put 2019 as the rookie roundup year. Oh boy, I'm glad it's over and strongly encourage you to continue wearing a mask, keeping your body and surroundings as clean as possible, and respecting the boundaries that others have while we move into more months in the pandemic. It's not over, listeners. Be safe. Today not only marks the start of season five, but the first overview of 2020 rookie groups. These are not deep discography dives, but a sampling of what I experienced and potentially something might spark your interest. A-SPA, B of U, BAE, 173, Black Swan, and Bolto Pass, right after the drop. Rookie Roundup, show start. Hey y'all, if you still have not heard the final two episodes from season four, please continue to keep an eye out for when they publicly post. As previously mentioned, some podcast experience delays in publishing and distribution on various platforms over the holidays. It could very well impact this episode too, but I at least have peace of mind that schedules were maintained nonetheless. I'm happy to inform you that this and several upcoming episodes are sponsored by Mellophile Candles, a brand creating ambiance for music lovers with candles and accompaniments. Visit www.mellophilecandles.com to join the mailing list and follow the Instagram account at Mellophile Candles for updates. Let's traverse today's new groups, first with SM Entertainment Girl Group Aespa. A-Spa's debut was November 17th, 2020, and caused quite a stir with their pre-debut teasers. You see, the four-member group aren't just living, breathing new artists. The A-E in the group name stands for Avatar Experience, as members Karina, Giselle, Winter, and Ning Ning also exist virtually. Thus, A-Spa is to reflect the Avatar Experience and aspect of existing in two worlds, Beyond the interesting band name, the individual members' names detract from their origin, so to speak. In recent years, Korean families have named their children with shorter names, but to fully omit traditional or modern Korean names for this group, I I mean, for what? International appeal has clearly been proven to not matter too much when it comes to members' names since at least 2014, when ASPA's senior label mates Red Velvet came onto the scene. This choice sticks out more to me with girl groups than guys. Why not use the Korean, Chinese, and Japanese names of these young women versus perpetuating imperialism? I digress. Let's talk about the music. Aespa's debut single, Black Mamba, was over the top, visibly expensive, and freaked me out because there was a giant virtual Black Mamba in it. I hate snakes, all reptiles actually, so I'm grateful that I don't take videos into consideration for this podcast because this would have had a fat F for freaked out. As a fan of the League of Legends virtual group KDA, there were noticeable thematic similarities, but the songs are very different. And much like Red Velvet, the debut song is one I'm fine with skipping. The choreography was dynamic while the costuming was, you you know what? They're 22nd century edgy Red Velvet. 
I'm saying it now, based on vocal strength and diverting from the experimental vibes of disbanded SM group FX. The song doesn't tell you much about how well the ladies sing, but SM Entertainment's free online concert at the end and start of both years showed group member Winter blowing with the lung capacity of a seasoned vocalist. I am eager to hear more about this group. I'll either be spot on about their concept vibe or severely off based on what can be heard and seen now. In Korean entertainment group naming fashion, B of U is not intended to be pronounced as written. I don't even know why I poke fun at it anymore. It's creativity I simply couldn't have fathomed. B of U is a duo that used to have a much easier name to comprehend, that of its members' names. What what made the music work their label shift from calling them their government names to this? <laughs> it was to please their fan base. Truly, meet you or meet you and have their name stand for best of you and both of you. Nice way to tie in the fans immediately, especially given their history. You see, prior to their January 7th, 2020 re-debut, members Kim Kohyun and Song Yubin aren't technically new to the K-pop group scene as they were members of a disbanded group, My Team. They know the expectations for survival per se and had a single in 2019 before they became an official non-My Team associated act. In 2020, they released two EPs, Phase 1, You, and Phase 2, We. As I passively listen to their EPs, yes, passively, because their group name begins with the letter B, so they'll likely be explored in depth by the fall of 2021. I could see myself sitting in one of my favorite coffee shops in the downtown area of my old Tegu neighborhood. We aren't hip-hopping around. We're in a pleasing R&B pocket as cafe background music. They're definitely a group that will appeal to listeners who seek a mellow listening experience. Moving from the cafe experience and into BAE 173 territory, this nine-member boy band on MBK Entertainment subsidiary label Pocket Doll Studio are begging for me and many others to incorrectly call them Bay 173. Instead of allowing before anyone else to be pronounced how everyone else who knows the word says it, they want to be called BAE 173. Ah, yeah, um, the one is for perfection, and the 73 is a perfect lucky number. Run me over. Their debut is November 19, 2020, and they sound very youthful. Um, not cavity-inducing young, but there's a freshness to their sound that feels like summer. It's a smart approach, honestly, re releasing something that has longevity in mind. They don't necessarily sound like groups before them, yet they aren't distinct. By the time the podcast dives deep into their discography later this year, perhaps this will evolve. They're worth a listen regardless of this. I'd be lying if I said that I'm not ready to dismantle Black Swan's existence, but this isn't about its colorful history. This is the little concept that could, because they are originally Rania, a girl group developed by American music multi-hyphenate Teddy Riley. And this is not their first walk in the park with a multicultural group. That being said, this might be the only moment we have to discuss Black Swan as they're already on hiatus. Black Swan is at least the sixth iteration of Rania. And even though their debut album, Goodbye Rania, was released October 16th, 2020, they possibly cannot shake the foundation's history. Black Swan consists 
of four members, but previously five, with three being of Korean descent and the other two of Senegalese and Brazil Japanese descent. Multicultural groups are not a new concept, but Rania is the only in Korea to attempt having a black member more than once. Goodbye Rania sounds like a Rania album. Dance pop and nice vocal compositions. One thing I will never say is that Rania didn't have enjoyable music. Black Swan continues that legacy for sure. And since Goodbye Rania is a studio album, there was enough time and tracks to even remix some of the group's earlier work. I recommend you check it out for a dose of girl power and anticipate me going in detail later. There's a high probability that Rania might be a special episode. Their history and attempts are just too worthwhile to wait on. Our final group today, Born to Passion or Bolt to Pass, made their debut on August 26, 2020 with the song called Flamingo. The eight-member girl group are on labels WKSENE and JMG, both of which I've never heard of. Predominantly a Korean female group, there's a Chinese and Japanese member. Again, multiculturalism isn't a new concept to the scene. Their debut song got a bit of in-house JYP entertainment magic along with Be A View from writer and producer Hot Sauce. So the song is well put together in terms of lyrics, but it's not particularly memorable. If anything, it'll stick in your head because of the reggaeton influence. To get an idea of what you're listening to, it's best as a warm-up song in an aerobics class or dance class. There's a consistency to it that warrants swaying hips and an elevated BPM. There you have it. A very general introduction to a few of the new kids on the scene. None are added to the respective playlists, keeping in fairness with providing them time to gain albums under their belts. Check in tomorrow for more Rookie Roundup, and I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye, y'all. Your favorite foreign Korean music historian exploring all the industry from A to Z. There's sponsored ads and social media hashtags, but this show is truly supported by the efforts of my Megualas, the most amazing fan base a little entertainer could ever have. Special shout out to my Patreon patrons, the student body, the scholars, and the staff who keep my vision of becoming your favorite foreign Korean music historian exploring all the industry from A to Z a real thing. If you're interested in supporting the growth of this content, please visit patreon.com slash multifacetedACG. And for as little as $1 a month, you can get in on the magic too. Interested in continuing your support at the free 99 price? I'd love you for it. You can still engage with the show and me, your lovely host, when you retweet, repost, and share the show and use hashtag A, the number three, and the word day. Please consider leaving a few stars or a review on Apple Music, iTunes, IMDb, or Podchaser to keep things growing in the right direction.